1: Oh, you're just a delight, aren't you? I am gagged, cut, and living for that. Now that is very juicy. Welcome to Geordie's Juice. everyone, and welcome to our new podcast, Jordi's Juice. My name is Jordi Delight. I am the real housewife of Leaf, drag activist, DJ, actor, and all-round superstar. I am strong-willed, outspoken, and I will tell it like it is. I am the Oprah of drag. So buckle up, guys, girls, and non binaries because you are in for the ride of your lives. Our topic and conversations for this fabulous podcast will be all the LGBT community. No subjects will be off limits. It is a safe space for our souls to sing as free as a bird. In this first season, we are going to be talking all things drag. Now, you might already know that I'm a drag queen in Scotland, but I also have cystic fibrosis. I did a documentary called Jory's Six Five Reasons to Live with Soul's Productions and the BBC. And ever since, my career has taken off. I've went from performing for nurses in hospitals to performing on some of the biggest stages in Scotland. The First Minister, Nicola Sturgeon, also called me an icon for winning an award. Hell yeah, we also both wear heels and she's killing it and so am I. So there you go, folks. Anything with drag really is possible. In my first episode of Jory's Juice, I get juicy and catch up with Ellie Diamond, the Diamond of Dundee's Scottish drag scene. I've known Ellie for a long time, back in the day when she used to message me asking for makeup tips, and let me tell you, I'll be going to her for makeup lessons after this episode. Like me, she's an East Coast queen coming up from the road in Dundee. You all know her for being the kind-hearted Scottish queen on RuPaul's Drag Race Season 2. She is, of course, charming, ultra talented and gorgeous. It was so good to catch up with her again. And this is all the juice on her drag journey and Taiwan Drag Race spilled. Enjoy. Well, I'm so excited to get juicy with Ellie Diamond, the diva, the Diamond of Dundee. How are you doing? Hello, I'm doing very well. Thank you. How are you? I'm so excited to be doing this, Ellie. Like, I have to be honest, like, I'm I'm really good. I'm just so blown away. You know, last time I seen you would have been at, Fink the Three Sisters. Um, out of drag, both of us. So it's so interesting that I saw you on my TV every Thursday night.
0: Every other Thursday night, literally. Well, I know we've just not seen each other in ages, but Miss Rowan has not really helped that, obviously, but yeah, I know.
1: Yeah, and it's honestly so great to have Jory's Juice episode one with the absolute diamond of dundee like i'm so excited for this so like how are you feeling in the sort of aftermath of drag race season two how's how's life been it's all it's all just sort of like
0: one thing at a time and i'm never i'm never trying to be like oh let me look three weeks into the future and try to figure out what i'm going to do then let me just like figure out what i'm doing day by day by day um and then obviously just trying to do as much as i can to sort of keep the momentum going because it was easy to like Keep the momentum going During the show Because I'm like Okay yeah I don't have to get in drag This week to do any posts Or whatever Because I'm posting a look from next week But then now it's like There's no post To post from next week So I'm just going to have to like Create everything And just keep going Because the fandom Will lose interest Very quickly As soon as another season Comes out Which another one Already has yeah, we've got drag race down under now so it's like yeah it's like just keep it pushing just keep it pushing
1: <laughs> it's so interesting because it feels like drag race is everywhere now i don't think i can go on tv without seeing drag everywhere i absolutely i'm here for it though it's it's such a great thing because i remember obviously there was years ago um i remember this very briefly but you had messaged me on instagram like lawrence and all other drag queens at the time saying you know oh I will do drag like could you give some advice with makeup and I remember saying to you gal I am not the person to come to (laughs) for makeup advice go and message someone else um you know tell me then you know one of the things I want to ask then for like Jory's juice you know for all our listeners is what fight kind of got you into drag first Ellie if we go way back
0: I mean, let's just be the generic um, drag queen of the twenty first century, and we'll say Drag Race. Which I mean, it was it was Drag Race. My first introduction to drag. Well, I think my first ever introduction to drag was um, watching Hairspray when I was younger. That's my favorite my favorite movie, and not the not the um, musical version the the um, Divine, way, 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 way back, and that was the first movie that I remember watching, being like, "Oh, that—that's a, a a man dressing as a woman doing drag," um, which was divine. And then, I was, so divine was my first sort of introduction to drag. But then, actually, to then know what it was and to understand it and to sort of want to do it myself was Drag Race. and um, so I watched it was season six, episode one, and I, I'd said it on the show, but like when Adore Delano walked, in I literally was just like oh what a loon I was like what a loon just like so charismatic and just uniquely themselves so so I was just like I would love to sort of not imitate but why I guess in some ways imitate because my first ever time in drag was a Delano cosplay so
1: (laughs) was it
0: yeah if you go on the Instagram and you scroll way back down you'll see that Budweiser bodysuit in the red wing yeah
1: yeah, because I remember one of the first looks I did in Electric Circus at such a drag years ago was a flannel shirt as a dress with a belt round it like a Dordalano vibe. So I totally... yeah, well,
0: she she cultured that literally like that that was uh, for a long, 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 long time. It was the black bodysuit with like a nice belt from H M or from Primark or whatever, and a
1: flannel shirt and like a a, a shake and go wig. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you've said the trigger word H&M, by the way. Let's just clarify, you know, H&M after season well, hey, two. Well, hey, well, this is the thing, right, where
0: Astina wore ASOS, Joe wore H&M, and then on the comedy challenge, I wore Quiz. Quiz?
1: <laughs> yeah, that red sequin um, thing was Quiz, and no one clocked it, and I was like, well, I got away with that one. <laughs> I didn't even think Quiz was still a thing. <laughs>
0: I love quiz literally when I used to like just do drag at bingo wigs every other week I would go into quiz and because they would have the neoprene they'd have like neoprene costumes and that's my favorite sort of fabric is neoprene I love a lot about neoprene um love
1: that. and they would just have like nice floral prints and I would just buy them all cut them up and like make them into something else yeah I mean sequins is very apt for your drag you No, know, shine bright like a diamond, LA diamond where does that name come from tell me more about that name
0: so, um, my
1: when I was younger, I mean, my name, my boy name is Elliot. So then, when I was
0: younger, everyone in my family or whatever it called. Well, my brothers is Bryce and Logan, and they'd call Brycey, Logie, and then they'd always call me Ellie. Like they're that, literally, not Ellie or L, well, be Ellie or L or L. Um, I would just get called that. So I was like, I want to have that as my name, Ellie. I like the name anyway. So I was like, that's a nice name. And then Diamond comes from. Um, oh my god where did Diamond come from well I, I, I had to start creating a new story for the show because they were like oh that's a bit of a long story so I, on the so I was like oh Diamond because Diamonds are God's best friend Boo! but then um, uh, my original thing was I wanted to be Ellie Ruby like the Ruby Slippers from the Wizard of Oz but Ruby's more of a first name so I went well what else shines bright like a Ruby with Sparkles like a Diamond and I was like oh wait I was like I like Diamond and then I said Ellie Diamond and I put the two together and I was like oh
1: I actually kind of like that I just sort of stuck <laughs> I love that. Like, I think your name flows off the tongue. Like, for me, like, Geordie Mm. comes from a Newcastle strip I used to wear as a kid. So I know that thing with the family nickname. That's what I got called growing up. So I totally relate to that. You know, I feel as a drag artist in Scotland that the Dundee scene has been doing really well, actually, the last couple of years. But, you know, what was it like for you at the beginning to sort of get gigs and stuff before you got on Drag Race? What was the Dundee scene like?
0: Mm, I mean, the Dundee... mm. The Dundee scene. There weren't. There was no drag shows in Dundee before I started doing drag. So I guess in some ways I did start the scene in Dundee, and I don't think a lot of people know that. Which is kind of like I'm not bothered, but it's like whatever, girl. Um, it's like so when I first started doing drag, there was like a couple of drag queens, but there was no there was no shows. It was just sort of like oh, we do drag when we go out on the pitch. And I was like, "All oh, right, okay." So we started hanging about together, and then we would like put on like little shows in like pubs or whatever. But God, they weren't paid, and it was like just a thing here and there. And then I sort of, I mean, we all fell out. But then when the I sort of was like practice my makeup in my bedroom. That was like a big thing. I was just like a bedroom queen and just like do my makeup, practicing that wigs, costumes, um, and then the venue church. Um, which is now Church Dundee, you know, Bingo Wigs, which is like no one and everything like that. Um, they just messaged me around being like, hey, we've got a new club in Dundee called Church um, and we're thinking of doing like a bingo drag show every week. Um, Would you love to come and host the show? And I was like, had never played bingo, had never hosted a show. And I was like, yeah, I know everything about bingo. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then the, the first show I'd done, was a disaster but there's only like two people there so it was fine Um, Mm -hmm. and then I just sort of like grew the show from that point on and made it to what it is um, today and there's been so I mean not so many residents but there's been a lot of residents who had came and gone and now there's two more that have just came in and uh, filled the slot the bingo hole <laughs> the,
1: thing the thing is, is like, like i'm not surprised that you started the scene in dundee in a way i can see that actually and you getting on drag race of course representing dundee and um, it's funny because when i hear this thing about going into pubs and stuff and doing like shows like that's what me and amy lemore used to do before we started doing Drag. yes shows. like just yes. planet karaoke on a friday dance oh, into yes. like the i remember seeing the old videos way back when Oh, God, I hope they can get deleted if I get on Drag Race in the future. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's so interesting. What was it like then, obviously, you know, growing up in Dundee in general? Because I'm not from Dundee and I've never been through there. What was it like yeah. growing up there as someone that's from the queer community and and wanting to be sort of um, effeminate and do drag? What was that like, you know, for you? I mean, there really was
0: no... I mean, from my point of view, and my perspective, there really was no other visibly queer people in Dundee that I was able to like walk down the street and be like, oh, that's a gay person. Do you know what I mean, like I would walk down the street in the camouflage jacket, a UV green backpack with like load of patches all over this jacket, hair, platinum, silver, eyebrows chunkier than caterpillars, foundation, <laughs> pink lipstick, lashes like it was way back when it was gay 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 um and i was i was really only the first person that sort of looked like that in dundee from what people have said to me recently and they've been like oh i remember you i uh, one of my friends who i'm really close with now um and i didn't know them back then they were like oh i remember you th- i remember seeing you about dundee and just being like oh my god like what sort of character is that who like what crazy lunatic looks like that and I was like well girl me who else do you know what I mean <laughs> um but no within Dundee I mean like yeah I kind of was the first queen to break that thing in Dundee and sort of create something in Dundee so it, in some ways it was hard because there's a lot of pressure there but then I don't know it just sort of the pressure sort of built it up and it, it it didn't really end well in the end. Um, but, you know, we took a year, we went away. We kind of sorted things out a little bit more, came back. was just sort of like, hey, here's how um, I've changed. Here's how things have resolved in this last year. And um, everything's like kind of not back to normal, but like we're on a good path to the <laughs> scene. Oh,
1: I'm so glad. And, and the thing is with like family, especially growing up, you know, I was lucky that I had quite a supportive family, being a member of the queer community, like my mum is great. My brother is great. You know, you mentioned on the show, obviously, about your brother, Bryce. And I'd love to hear more about yeah. what his what it was like for him when you sort of um, told him you wanted to do drag. Was he really supportive?
0: I mean, it was never really like, oh, I want to do drag, you know, I'm, I'm going to do drag. Like, I just done it. Um, and like, there, was, there wasn't there was really much stopping me. Like, I remember just like, when I started watching drag, Race, I was like, I need to start doing this. And I didn't buy makeup. But you know what i done? I went to my Auntie Karen's house and I was like, I was like, oh, have you still got all your face paints? And she was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Took all her face paints. I used the white, the brown, the black and the blue and the red and I created a drag look for the face paints. Um, and I thought I was the one doing the highlighting the contour and thinking I was going to be able to blend out, but it didn't really blend out because it's face paint. Um, But yeah, I used to use face paint when I done my makeup, just like in the, my bedroom, like practicing and crap literally practicing crap but um no i mean he was really really supportive um from from the jump there was he, th- there was nothing really that ever was like he was worried about or whatnot he was just like he was just very quite protective because he knew that it was like a thing that you could get bullied for or stuff mm-hmm. um, and like i started doing drag when i was in school and there was a lot of um people in school that would say stuff. And like I would always I'd done these like I used to do like YouTube videos as well, like way, 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 way back in the day. and um, they're all privatized now, so you'll never <laughs> find them, uh, which is a good thing. Um but uh, yeah, I get te- I would get teased for that a lot, and he would always try to stick up for me and stuff like that. So he he was really supportive. I also have another brother, Logan, an older brother, he'd by three years, um, and he he's supportive, but he, he is like he's supportive now, and he understands it because his his friends are like, "Oh, Ellie's a Ellie's our drag race queen, you know, oh, a celebrity." Blah, blah blah blah. Also, I hate that term, but that's what people call it, so that's what it is. Um, uh, and they're like, "Oh, so he kind of accepts it now, and he thinks it's, he's quite. He thinks, oh, yeah, it's cool, you know, the the transformation. He he um he uh recognizes how much effort and work that I put into it. So he just sort of is like, well, I'm not gonna shun you from how much you put into this, you know."
1: We, we stand supportive family, and you know, if either of your brothers are single, I am single, so please let them know that I'm still available. Um, Girl, they're both straight, but I'm gay, I'm single so far. <laughs> oh, okay, future drag couple, why not?
0: <laughs> so, oh my
1: goodness, it's so interesting. So, we're gonna get on to Drag Race UK a bit more, actually. One of the things that was really refreshing, Wait, what's that? Oh yeah. What is Drag Race UK? One of the refreshing things I felt, which I couldn't connect with, but I'd love to ask you about if you wouldn't mind sharing, was the fact that, you know, you had a bit of a struggle with your dad that you openly talked about on the show that I actually got really emotional watching. And I just would like to ask, you know, what was it like talking about that on the show? Was that quite a sort of raw feeling? And what was it like in the aftermath? Are you and your dad quite close now about the drag stuff or have things been a bit up and down?
0: yeah and um, i mean i knew when i i mean there there's several things you have to go through before you actually get on the show and one of the biggest things that i had spoke about in uh something that we had to do was my uh dad's uh sort of uh mentally physically and abusive relationship that we've had together um and it was all sort of i mean i didn't really speak a lot on the show about uh, the ins and outs of everything because i was also kind of respectful being like well i don't want to share everything because then I'm not sure, like, what his sort of backlash would get from it, or you know, if uh, friends for him, like, who are watching the show, being like, "Oh, Dave, I never knew that. You know, you done that to Elliot or X, Y, and Z." But like, great. Anyways, um, when I was on the show, it was it was never because the thing that's the thing a lot as well. People always go, "Oh, are those bits scripted, or is that bit scripted?" none of it was like scripted it was more just like in the moment me and taste we're just talking about family and she was like oh yeah i've got a really parents and i was like well girl i wish i had that and like that's those times where if you don't take that moment to talk about to talk about your um experiences then you don't know when other, another chance is going to come into to do that so i was just like well i'm just going to speak about this because i don't know if that's going to help someone in their sort of if they're watching at home or whatever, because it can, like I've been, I, when I watch the show or whatever, I've uh, connected with some times where the Queens have been like, Oh yeah, you know, I've, I've had uh, conversion therapy or, or X, Y, and Z and stuff like that. Um, you you connect with the thing because it's, it's true. So when I spoke about it on the show, I was I was quite respectful to not obviously say too much, yeah. but um, it was just thing where I was like, I want to say this because it's something that happened to me. It was a huge part of my life, but it's made me the person that I am today. And like, I am a, a huge, huge, strong believer in everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. So like, even if you're going through a, a horrible experience and something really traumatic is happening in your life, just like always, always know that either, that relationship or that friendship you have will either go away and it'll be forgotten about and you'll never have to deal with it again or you will both come out of it as stronger people and will respect and love each other more because of that and me my dad have we we've spoke um I told him that I was obviously on the show before I was allowed to tell anyone but anyways I told him um and he cried he got quite emotional because just because he knew it's something that I really really wanted um and like that it was a goal for mine for so long to like make a name for myself we've spoke a lot since the show and um, we didn't really speak much after that episode we actually haven't spoke about that episode since mm-hmm. um well we haven't spoke about that episode at all but i i'm sure he understands where i was coming from and uh like none of it was false so mm-hmm. um, he can't really be like well you don't say that because i that didn't happen everything happened and what i was said was true um so yeah. yeah, but no, we're, we're fine. Like, we're, we're just kind sort of, like, working on a relationship and just trying to build something together, which was was built up before and was broken down so we're trying to build the wall back up.
1: Oh, and I find, honestly, I found it inspiring because when I watched it, these were things that I didn't know about you that I went, oh my God, Ellie, like, I want to give you a hug now. That's so, like, um, brave of you to talk about that on television. And in terms of, obviously, the sort of scene, when I seen that it was you and Lawrence, I thought, I'm so happy, especially for you, that dundee was getting that representation because you know there is that lens of thinking that people would go scottish drag scene glasgow and edinburgh but i'm so glad that dundee got the representation from the diamond of dundee honestly it's absolutely brilliant and in contrast with your dad you obviously had mentioned you've got quite a good relationship with your mum and i've seen instagram videos of your mum that i just think she seems like an absolute hoot you know was she obviously so pleased for you making top four
0: oh yeah i mean when we we went to uh, manchester to film the crowning and i brought my mum along with me for that and she, the entire weekend she was just in awe of the the lifestyle because she had i mean she's never met anybody like bimini and she was, she was like i oh, she was like i love bimini she's like oh i think Bimini's great and she got to meet bimini's mom taste's mom she obviously met taste and she was like oh, she went oh taste is a riot which is taste says she's in she's crazy um but like, uh, you know, she just, she was so proud. I mean, like as any mom would be for even just getting on the show, like she was just like always so proud of me for that. And she's always just sort of kept that momentum of um, pride with her, which is really, really sweet. Like anytime anyone ever says anything, she's like, well, oh, that's my son. Well, you know, that's my son that does all that Um she works in a card and gift company and like all the little old deities come in and they're like, oh, I was seeing your son on the, the TV the other week. And so they've been, all the little old deities in the ferry were watching Drag Race and they would come into my mum's shop on the on the Friday and be like, oh, we done well last week, didn't we? And they'd have, it was, it's cute, it's cute.
1: <laughs> that is honestly so cute. And I think that impact is amazing because I know there'll be people in Dundee that maybe would never think that people like that would be Tom at Drag Race and a drag queen, let alone you, your mum's child. It's absolutely brilliant. So let's get on to Drag Race. Something that I think a lot of us maybe would like to know about you and sort of Drag Race is what was the audition process like and the overall. You've mentioned it briefly, but what was it like going through the audition process and then finding out that, you know, phone call or email that you got on?
0: Yeah, well, we were. I was at DragCon. It was DragCon weekend in London, and I was there. And I was like, I was like, I'm gonna turn in and turn up for this. So I like just tried to pull because it was like literally like three weeks before was Drag World. So I spent so much money at Drag World getting costumes, getting hair, getting shoes. And then they announced DragCon. I was like, I have no money. I was like, oh my God, how am I going to do this? And I literally just like pulled crap together and like tried to create something. But no, so it was DragCon weekend and I was flying back from... London and uh, I literally just landed in I uh, landed in Glasgow um, and I was already like I was like so tired so I was like I'm just going to get myself a hotel in Glasgow maybe see some dolls and then I'm going to head back the next day and then I like landed in Glasgow and it was like from Glasgow when I landed in the Uber to the hotel I got a phone call from one of the producers and they were like Hey, Ellie, uh, we just want to let you know that you've made it to the next stage. And I was like, okay, I was like, what does that mean? And he was like, so you're going to get a, a an evaluation or whatever. We're just going to have to give you a quick phone call, basically take a day off, and we're just going to discuss with you basically your entire life. <laughs> because by, the, by this point, we had already done... Um, like a written form or whatever of like hey this is my drag my name how old I am blah blah blah, blah where I'm from and then the next thing after that is an audition tape um, and everything was already done so the audition tape was done and that was sent off but that was like you have to just put everything into like t- it's 10 minutes that you've got um, so you have to put everything within 10 minutes and there's so much It's like an acting snatch game runways uh, a and a portion a lip sync all within 10 minutes and I remember just sitting there like trying to like whittle everything down and just try to be like oh my goodness like we need to cut a tiny section a bit of that like there needs to be that tiny space that one second gap we just need to knock that off a second and um, so it was quite a process doing the addition tape but I was also working at the same time so I would like finish night shift come home put makeup on film the tape go to bed wake up go to work come home film t- film the bit of the tape literally so it was quite it was a long process but then so we had the, it was like a psych evaluation, basically. They just basically make sure that you're not, uh, you're mentally stable to go on a reality TV show, which as all TV shows do, I'm pretty sure anyways. Um, so it was like a full day and I had, it was like 11 o'clock until seven. And I just sort of sat and they were like, okay, start from the beginning. And I just sort of had to start from the beginning of my life. Um, what school was like when I was younger, growing up in Dundee when I was younger, moving to America, I moved to America. Um what that sort of experience was like, how was your relationship with your dad when you lived in America? And you know, um you, oh, you're you're a Christian and you were born Christian, blah, blah, blah. You went to a Christian school, you got kicked out of a Christian school, like what sort of um the like
1: the, the ins and outs of everything they got to discuss. Mm. Um so that was um a long day, but it was a good day. Mm. Amazing. And what was it like, you know, when you found out you'd go on the show then after doing all that work and those night shifts and working? You know, what was it like?
0: Well, I um, actually was coming home from a night shift and I had just got in, I think it was like eight o'clock I got the call. And I I was sitting on I was sitting in the toilet, I was having a poo. Um and i got a text being like hi it's a producer from dragwood would love to call you in five minutes uh, and i literally was like oh my, i was like i literally text like i was like yeah kill cool, that's fine just call whenever jumped up wiped uh, ran through to my mom's room like shook her to wake her up because i was like i was like you need to wake up i was like i'm about to get the call i was like i either got it or i don't so she sat in the living room and she was so excited she was just like she was excited i put it on speaker and i would produce her answer like Hey Ellie, um, just want to ask: Is anyone else around you? And I was like, uh, no. I was like, no. It's just me in my bedroom because I didn't know if they honestly wanted me turned off. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, just want to let you know, congratulate, congratulations, you've made it on RuPaul's Drag Race UK season two. And he's American. And I literally just remember because I don't, I don't know why. I do not know why, but for some reason, I didn't get excited. Like I wasn't like screaming, I wasn't jumping up. I wasn't like, Whoa! oh my god, <laughs> I wasn't like that. I literally sat so quiet. And he was like, Are you still there? And I was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm still there. And he was like, Oh, you don't seem very excited. I was like, Oh no, sorry. I was like, I am, I am. I'm just sort of like, and um, I was like, I'm it's just sort of like all a lot. And I was just like, I was like, wait, I was the first thing I said, I was like, oh, when do we get told what runways it is? (laughs) Because I was like, because I was like, I've one, not got money. Two, we have no time to get ready for this bloody show. Um, And I'm still working. So I'm like, I need to know these runways ASAP so I can get them done. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was like, oh, we'll get, you'll get everything sent out tonight. Um, So that night I got everything sent out. Fair enough. Went through everything, FaceTimed Anne. And was just sort of Anne's Anne's friend from Dundee. I mean, you know Anne, but for the viewers. Um, And then I uh, sat with Anne on FaceTime, got my notebook out and literally sketched everything for every single runway that night. And then the next morning went to the fabric shop and was like, hi, um, I need like a lot of fabric, but I have no money to pay for it. Um, Would you mind if I took a tab of like 300 pound maybe? And he was like, yeah, that's fine. Wow. And I was like, I was like, oh my God, because I I had gone in that fabric shop in Dundee's, Innova Fabrics. Oh, I'll go there for the rest of my life. It's fabulous. Um, But I used to, when I used to do bingo wigs, obviously I didn't, used to. I used to get money after the show, mm-hmm. but not before the show, but I would still need a new costume for that next week. So I would go and be like, hey, I get paid on the Wednesday. I get paid on the Tuesday. Sorry. I'll come on a Wednesday and pay my tab. So I used to take tabs quite a lot in Dundee, but uh, in the fabric shop, but, he was really fine with that because he was like, oh, I trust you, you come in and pay it, so it's fine. Um, so when I went in being like, oh, yeah, I need like a lot of fabric, he was like, yeah, of course, that's fine, just as long as you can pay it. And then obviously Miss Rona happened um, and I couldn't pay it.
1: <laughs> so I've like only just paid it off, like maybe about four months ago. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? It's so interesting though, because watching the show... I'm not surprised the first thing you asked was about the runways because you killed it every week on the runway. Do you know that? One thing that really struck me was that bird look. I mean, where do you get the ideas for these things? You're so talented that way. You know, share with me some sort of ideas. Like, where do you get the creative inspiration for these looks? Yeah, um, I love like
0: everything sort of like crazy and whimsical. Like I love Doctor Seuss. Um, I used to read the Doctor Seuss books a lot when I was younger, and I love films like The Wizard of Oz, The Cat in the Hat. Well, Cat in the Hat's see Doctor Seuss, but sort of Alice in Wonderland, like movies like that that just sort of like bring you back to something that's like recognisable and um is uh unique to look at i guess in some ways Mm. like you know you can recognize the wizard of oz because of the set or the yellow brick road or the ruby slippers or the gingham dress or like Tim man lion scarecrow like i want you to look at me and recognize me for like the big shapes bright colors and unique and quirky sort of Mm. drag and stuff so when i was doing the looks the seagull I just remember being like, um, oh, I was like, day at the seaside. I was like, right, what's the seaside? Ice cream. I was like, I could do ice cream. I originally wanted to do this ice cream dress that had like uh, cones all over me, like dripping ice cream or whatever, but it would have just been too technical to figure out. Um, so I was just like, and at the time, my scoring, scoring skills, mm-hmm. sewing skills weren't like as good. It was it was a bodysuit and chats <laughs> and a little circle skirt. So that's just what I kind of had to do. Um, And for the seagull, I literally was just like, well, I'm just gonna do a seagull. I was like, well, what what else? I was like, I'm of course I'm gonna do a seagull. Um and I've done like animal creative like looks like that before, like where I've done like a tiger or I've done just like weird paints or whatever. I've done that before. So I was like, yeah, I'll do a seagull and that's diversity, something new for, for that moment. But the first time I went, I didn't have the polka dot bikini. And then when I was away, I was obviously, when, during the pandemic, I kind, of, I kind of went through all my runways. I didn't change anything. All of my costumes were still the same. I just maybe added a couple more rhinestones or this, that, and the next thing, changed up the wigs or whatever. Um, but for the seagull, I was like, how can I update a seagull look? Because I was like, I can't. Mm-hmm. And I, at the time, I didn't think of feathers. I'm even going to put a couple of feathers on it, but I, at the time, I didn't think of feathers. And... Um, it was, I didn't think of it. And then my mom, a couple of days later, we were um, just like out or whatever. And she started humming the, it's a teeny, weeny, yellow polka dot bikini. And I was like, I was like, oh my God. I was like, wait, that would be great. If I came out as a seagull, sort of like, beauty pageant um um miss miss seagull 2019 or 2020 or something like that um and that that's kind of the idea i went around it but then i i, I scrapped the pageant thing and just sort of went with the bikini but i kind of wish i had in the pageant thing because that would have been really funny but um yeah the polka dot bikini was a, an afterthought um since the pandemic happened
1: <laughs> i love that it's so miss congeniality meets bright and pure like i love it like i'm different. Yeah. It's interesting, actually. So one of the things you've said a lot, obviously, was the pandemic. And I think that one of the things I really got annoyed about was the amount of people, because you know what social media can be like? It can be so toxic. The amount of people that were being quite critical of the show every week. And I was thinking to myself, these gals have filmed this during a pandemic. It's, you really need to be a bit more respectful. What was it like filming the first couple of episodes and then the pandemic hit? Because we obviously saw on the show, you're getting told, you're not safe. You need to go home, and it very much was like being evacuated. You know what was it like filming the show over two parts and doing it during a pandemic?
0: Yeah, I mean, well, the first four episodes when we were there, um, when I woke up in the when I woke up in the hotel in the morning, I would always just turn the TV on and just watch the news for a little bit, and then I'd go get a shower and get myself ready, but at least the news running, so I knew that there was something going on, and I knew that there was going to be like this. A, a thing because like every other week it was like well every other day it was like him hey, oh you miss covid blah, blah 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 more deaths da, 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 da. and i'm like oh my god this is getting a bit serious and when we get on the bus it would be like "Everybody be like vibes there's more deaths happening in london and then everything's going on i'm like yeah it's it's kind of crazy and then it was that last day that last day we were there jenny got ill and Ginny wasn't feeling too well, so she had sat out a lot of times. And then it was sort of the... the Obviously, Ginny had then walked off. And then we came back into the workroom and obviously we were doing our thing, chatting on the sofa while well, arguing on the sofa. And then the RuPaul thing went off. We When we filmed it, there was no RuPaul there being like, oh, a, 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 a pandemic hit, because she obviously hadn't filmed that or whatever. So we just watched a blank screen for like five seconds. And then all the cameramen left, all the crew left. Instantly, a producer came in and says, hey guys, uh, well, hey queens, y'all need to get out drag, ASAP. We're not going to tell you why right now. Just get out a drag um, and sit on the sofas and we'll all discuss it later. So, fair enough, we did. And obviously, our microphones were off by this point. There was nobody in the room. So we just started chatting and uh, they were like, someone's coming back, someone's coming back. And I went, no one's coming back. I went, girl, we're all going home. And they were like, what? And I was like, the pandemic is. I was like, we are. I, I was like, we are definitely all going home. Uh, no one's coming back because they would want a reaction for that. Um, I was like, we're going home. And then I just remember Hora get, getting a bit upset, but not wanting to go. Obviously, and I was like, well, we, I was like, we don't know that yet, but I think that's what's going to happen. Fair enough. We all sit on the sofas and we all sit down, and all the like, literally everybody the entire crew came into the room and at the time i was thinking like well what's going on looking back i'm like maybe there should have been that many people in that room but there was a lot a lot a lot of people in the room um and all the producers everyone that he- the head from bbc everyone was there and they just, like, they, they just started like with was like we just want to thank you so much for like what your guys have been doing so far like it's been great but unfortunately we're gonna have to go send you home because of covid like the pandemic has hit they were like, when you go back home, there's not going to be any shows. There's no bars, whatever. Because we were all like, oh, well, you know, we'll just we'll just go back to work. And they were like, yeah, no, not happening. Like, um, I'm not sure if you've watched the news, but whatever. Like, you know, nothing is going to get open. Like, we're literally going into a, like a lockdown pandemic thing. Uh, and I started getting really emotional because I was kind of drunk already. And they also gave us more alcohol. So I was like kind of drunk. So I started crying. Um just because I was like I, I cry for everything just started crying and then I just and then I was just like I just want to thank you guys as well because they kept thanking us and I was like no thanking them so I thanked them um and then everyone else started crying as well because it, it was quite real um and then they were like so what's gonna happen from this point on is we've all got you cars to send you home tomorrow so literally uh, by this point it was like 12 o'clock at night and they were like you need to pack up tonight so we like had to pack up everything that night um like obviously had just gotten out with drag and they were like yeah you guys need to pack up they brought all the suitcases back in and then like i just remember like everyone like wondering about like being like oh, i was gonna wear this for this runway because we didn't know what was gonna happen like we didn't know if it was gonna be two weeks two like three minutes a month two months well seven months later do you know what i mean like we just didn't know um so we all just started sharing what uh, we were going to wear and stuff like that. And just wandering about. And it was, I mean, it was quite, it was quite sad because we like, lo- I remember just being like, I don't think we're going to come back. And I was like, well, if you we don't come back, you're the winner because uh, you were the last repeat your badge. <laughs> and she was like, she was like, actually babes, yeah, ach- that's- that. you know, that's fine. Um, so, but then, well, turns out seven months later, I, then she did win, but, uh, but uh no it was it was horrible and then obviously got in the car got home well got my phone got in the car and then and then two minutes in the car journey michelle the
1: done leaked half the cast didn't she yeah via nando's on instagram wasn't it the nando's order girl literally and i remember that nando's because that was that nando's
0: that we had the last night um when we were there i remember the nando's and it was cold it was a cold cold it was a horribly cold nando's and i didn't finish my note because it was cold and i was like i was like girl why are you gonna be oh thanks nando's when it was cold bone to the bone cold but anyways we live and we learn i'm sure she's learned from that mistake girl because bbc (laughs) would have been on her ass
1: it was, it was so funny seeing that. I did think I could see you, but, you know, I've got bad visions. So, you know, maybe it was just me seeing things and um, maybe I was predicting it. But I'm so glad that you did go on. And so many moments in that show, Ellie, watching it that I thought were incredible. Like you doing the steps lip sync is still one of my favorite moments from that show and <laughs> um, one of my favorite songs. And, um, you know, one of the things I want to ask, it's probably a bit controversial that you've maybe heard a lot, is do you still stand by that infamous decision with the running order um, that caused a bit of drama on the show?
0: yes i do um and in the moment uh, this wasn't caught on camera but like a lot of things were a lot of more things were said um off camera between a certain me and someone else and that sort of got me a bit upset because um it, yeah, it got me upset. So I went away to a producer and I went, like, Can we please refilm that? I was like, I do not want this getting aired. And I literally started bawling my eyes out and like hyperventilating. Probably had a bit of a panic attack, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, And I was just like, I was like, I need to, I was like, We need to refilm that. And he was like, he was, like, yeah, he was like, we can't refilm that. Like, Ripple's like, left the room or whatever. Like, we, the cameras are turned off or whatever. We're not going to refilm it. And I just remember like, bawling my eyes out. Um, and at the same time as well, I just was on the phone to my mum, which was a, a completely other thing where my my granddad or whatever was admitted to the hospital. So I was already emotional at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, so the, the whole running wonder thing, it just sort of got me really, really, really upset in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, kind of, like, after the show had aired, and after all of that was happened, I was like, okay, that kind of went the way that I didn't expect it to go. I thought they were going to villainize me, but they actually villainized the other two. So I was kind of fine with that. I was like, well, okay, that's fine. Um, yeah. But then when we were there as well, um, the the uh, Ruin Michelle podcast when I went to go speak to them for that they were like, oh, have you got a question you're going to ask for Paul or whatever? And I was like, I don't really know. But then they asked me what was my lowest point. And for the cameras and for them to sort of give me the validation, I went, oh, you know, the running order. That's, uh, that was not my lowest, that wasn't a lowest low at all. I don't really think I had a lowest low during the show. Um, that rhymed, Dr. Sister, the House. <laughs> um, but uh, I said that for them, for them, because I knew what their answer was going to be. So that's why I said that because I was like, the people at home, if I did get villainized for it, then the people at home will be like, "Mm, okay, it's fine then because Ray Michelle said it's fine. And then also when uh, Lawrence and Ahura watch the show back, they'll be like, Oh well, a whore. What's her name? RuPaul and Michelle said it was fine, so therefore it must be fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember watching it, thinking, "Gals, it's such. It's a competition. It's not. Literally, right? It's like Ru says, it's not RuPaul's best friend race. Does, do you know what I mean? It's not. Um, so I think it's it's really interesting. I I didn't think what you did was wrong at all. Actually, I thought it was quite clever, and I thought each week i really was gunning for you 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 were my secret winner like i really wanted you to do well and win because i thought you hadn't had your complete moment yet every week i thought you were doing yeah. terrible looks you were turning out and i remember wizard of oz look especially i know that you love wizard of oz It was just when I saw you do the Steps one, I thought, nah, she's going to have to win this. She's going to bring it home to Scotland, but to Dundee and give Dundee that platform. But you did incredible top four. I mean, what was that like? You must have been so cheesing. Picturing you years ago messaging people like, oh, I want to do drag, but I'm not too sure. What does it feel like now to know that you were top four on season two of Drag Race UK? I mean, it just feels correct. (laughs) I'm
0: joking, I'm joking. But it's like,
1: it's,
0: it's, it's. In some ways, I guess no, it does kind of feel correct because I have. It's like within Dundee, especially, I'm just with sort of the entire scene I've just I've worked so hard, and that's the thing where everyone everyone works hard. I'm not discrediting anybody, but it's like I just feel like it's I've had to showcase a lot more and prove a lot more because I was very very new into the scene, and I think a lot of the times folk thought I was cocky or big headed because I was like, oh no, I can sew and you know I can I can do wigs and stuff like that, uh, and I'm a good performer but I kind of just had to showcase that a lot more because um, they were like, oh, well, you're a young one, so, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, and no one, I guess, someone asked me the other night, it says, oh, what, what's something you've uh, learned coming off the show? And I didn't have a straight-up answer, but I thought about it and I was like, I've learned to sort of accept the talents I have because a lot of times people wouldn't say... Oh, you know, you're so talented at sewing. You're so talented at this. But then during drag race, that's all that people said. It, it was, it was always, always your makeup and your hair and your costumes. It was so. It was, uh, it was really, really validating hearing that, mm. um, because I didn't, I didn't really hear that before um, from like peers that I respected and like looked upon as like wanting validation from within the local scene. Um, mm. So yeah, I guess it was and then top four it was just sort of a full circle moment where I was like ah it was yeah there were really there really was no words and I'm still kind of tongue-tied to the full extent of it because it's just sort of like I just didn't expect it like going on the show I I didn't expect to get the sort of reaction that I did from RuPaul with what with what the costume hair and makeup like I didn't expect that like it was just like everyone does drag and well not, not everyone does drag but like within the drag scene everyone does drag and everyone has their own drag and it was never the fact where i'd seen myself like you know as the makeup girl or as this or as that um but then we remember there they sort of had to it was sort of a thing where they were like oh no you are like you're really, really talented and you're, you're so young like that's it's it's crazy like it's, it's insane and i never thought of it like as that mm-hmm. um but I don't like to think of that as that because then you can get into your own head and everything. You know, you become the diva that everyone thinks that people are going to become after Drag Race. And it's just, I, there's so, I've got too many friends around me to not become a bitch. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. I get humbled by Anne every other minute.
1: <laughs> yeah. I totally relate to that. And you know, considering right? the fact that considering on the show you were literally told like you've got one of the most beautiful mugs compared to like from like raven like that must have felt incredible to know that you were considered that incredible
0: it's insane like the the sort of fandom and everything like i've seen reddit uh things i've seen like instagram stuff or, or youtube and it's like best makeup queens on drag race and it's like people that i've looked up to for years that i'm in i'm on the same category as them which is so weird it's just so weird to think of like i'm literally just sitting here like it, it's it's crazy to think that people look at that as the same because for me i'm like well i'm just putting makeup on and i'm
1: whacking the slap together hoping for the best and hoping it works um Brilliant. And it all started from face paint. Isn't that um, incredible? Isn't that Quite incredible?
0: Literally. I mean, we do, we, we paint our faces. We paint our faces. I think
1: if I were to ever do a makeup palette, I might call it face paint. <laughs> i love that ellie's face paint but the last question i want to ask you, ellie you know what's what's the plan now you've done Dry race season two you know are all-stars uk one gonna be on your on your agenda you know you went from the drive through and mcdonald's to now doing this scottish drag through gig that's been going on in scotland you know what's the plan now i mean what isn't the plan there's so many things that i want to do with this platform
0: and there's so many um things that need to be done because mm-hmm. that's the thing as well where a lot of times folk go on the show and then they get modelling agencies and they get um TV appearances and a couple of performances and then it there's there's no voice there it's mm-hmm. just sort of the queen and that's the thing where it's like I have a lot of friends and I have a lot of people that maybe aren't as well-known or aren't as big to have a voice that people will listen to mm-hmm. so it's my responsibility and my job to be that person um and as someone who is like very much like i'm like surrounded by women my entire upbringing of drag and as well as like now like my, my best friends whatever it's like auburn rose um and Anne are like two of my best friends um so it's like women are a huge part of uh, of a passion I've dragged for mine because it, that's who I've learned my not drag from but my sort of sense of being and um being respectful and like um oh what are the words like just being kind I learned that from women um, and having a bit more love and respect for people learned that from women so it's now my responsibility to carry that and to take that on and do that do with that knowledge I have and put that forward more into the world and then the world will be a, a much better place but I mean performances I mean coming from the show I had never performed outside of Scotland I performed once and I was at DragCon but I was already going uh, Drag World sorry but I was already going to this so it wasn't like someone had booked me going out mm. uh, of Scotland so I was just like I was like I want to perform I want to go everywhere and I want to do all these cities see all the people meet all the people that i have known on instagram for years but i've never met them in person because i've never had the chance to nor the money or resources to just go down north for the weekend or whatever um so i've been doing that so the driving drag shows have been the drive time drag shows have been very very fun and the drive time drag shows i'm not sure when this podcast is getting uh, released but there there still might be stickers for the Glasgow dates I'm not Mm -hmm. entirely sure but um, the parking lot social on all social media platforms and you'll find it all there
1: (laughs) and you've announced that you and Lawrence are doing something as well I've seen this week yes oh the tour oh the tour I came up with that name because originally the name was Team Scotland and I was like well there's no teams anymore because Lawrence
0: won and I was I was like, I did not um, So I was like, I was like, we came up with different names. So I phoned Lawrence and I was like, we I was like, what's like a good name? And we couldn't think of anything. And I just sort of went, what about Okai the Tour? And she was like, oh, I love it. She was like, oh, I love it. So Okai the Tour um, in July, starting the nineteenth in Dundee, and then the twentieth, twenty first, twenty third it's like Aberdeen, Edinburgh, and Glasgow. Um, so we're we're hitting up we're hitting up Scotland.
1: Amazing. I can't wait for it. Ellie Diamond, thank you so much for joining me and getting Juicy with Geordie. It's been an absolute delight.
0: Oh, thank you. I love getting juicy.
1: <laughs> Thanks again to the super creative and lovely Diamond of Dundee, Ellie Diamond. And a big thank you to all my darlings for listening to the very first Geordie's Juice podcast. There's a more juice where that came from. And you'll soon be able to find future episodes on ACAST, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast was produced by Source Productions. See you real soon.
0: Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable.